You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. I'm your host, Steph. It is Wednesday, February 7th. Super Bowl week is underway. The chaos, all the nerves, the terrible media questions, it's all here. And joining me today are my co-hosts for the day, your favorite Wednesday morning show, John Chapman, Wayne Breezy. How you guys doing today? Super. I'm super all week. I'm with amazing people today. Going to be with great people this weekend. The 49ers are the Super Bowl. All positives. Super is not the word. Steph, I just want to congratulate you because... You have yes. taken the hardest working person in show business to another level when you're getting acknowledged, not by just the general manager, but Nick Bosa himself. Ladies and gentlemen, give Steph Sanchez Incredible. the greatest standing ovation that you've ever done before. I'm so proud of you, Steph. It was good to be with you at the Senior Bowl and just keep doing, keep putting out that hard content and yeah, that great work that you're doing, Steph. And I just wanted to commend you. Man, I, I appreciate both of you guys. Like, seeing how hard everyone, like, all the 49ers content creators are awesome. Like, I'll just say this. I think 49er fans, like, we're all very spoiled. And I'm a content creator, but I enjoy the content of all the other 49ers content creators as well. And there's a lot of great stuff out there. You mentioned it, Wayne. We were out at the Senior Bowl. We got a bunch of people who are in Vegas right now covering, you know, the team, you know, being able to interview players and so shout out Leo because he was able to ask that question to, uh, you know, Nick Bosa for me. That's pretty awesome. But yeah, man, I mean, there's just there's so many great content creators and that makes me want to work harder, too, because I see all the hard work of everyone else. And man, we you know, it's 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 a grind. It's a grind for real. But look, we got a fun show today. We're talking about the 49ers last game of the season. We know that for a fact. This is 49ers' last game of the season. There's only two times that, or two instances where fans may know that it's the team's final game of the season. That's either week 18, if your team didn't make the playoffs and you know it, or your team made it to the Super Bowl. They made it all the way. So we know for a fact this is the 49ers' last game of the season. It's all coming down to this we need the live chat popping today hit that thumbs up sub to the channel john wayne's mine i'm 10 away from 3k wayne i know you just hit 5k we appreciate your guys' support so keep it coming really appreciate it guys like there there hasn't been too many stories to really come out of this like super bowl week i suppose like that's a good thing the only thing we've been tracking since Monday is this whole field gate situation, uh, that soft field at UNLV. There have been a lot of updates since that initial report that happened on Monday. And so just to recap, for those of you who aren't glued to, to Twitter, like myself and, and some of us, Monday morning, the report came out from CBS that 49ers were unhappy with their practice field. It was just a little soft for their liking. Monday afternoon, Roger Goodell conveniently held a state of the league presser. He actually moved it to Monday, which I I learned afterwards from Mike Silver's uh, article. He moved it to Monday. It's usually held later in the week. And get this, it was invite only, which it's usually not. So it was like this very exclusive thing, I guess. But of course, Goodell was asked about the field at UNLV and said, He had 23 experts sign off on it, basically. They all deem it playable. So then Monday night, of course, 
Kyle gets asked about it and, you know, he kind of brushes it off. Um, he didn't make a big deal of it. He said, it is what it is. Field is improving every day and we'll keep practicing there. So then the latest update we got was Tuesday morning. Mike Silver uh, put out an article, as I said, and, and in it, he said the 49ers are likely to move their Thursday practice, which is their most vigorous of the week, to the Raiders practice facility. And that is where the Chiefs are also practicing. So the 49ers going to make a schedule change, you know, to to their day to make it work. They don't want to inconvenience the Chiefs at all in their schedule. So the 49ers, I think, are going to you know, get there a little earlier so they can practice there and, and not have to be an inconvenience to the Chiefs at all. So it seems there's at least some solution to this whole thing. But my God, what a freaking mess. It's a lot. And, you know, when you prepare for a game, you want to remove all the variables as possible. Having said that as a coach, as a player, you prepare your team for things that are going to go off schedule. That's just the way that it is Super Bowl week. So from a coaching standpoint, I don't think it's a big deal. From a player standpoint, I don't think it is either. From media, uh, people are just – there's anything that they can get their hands on, they're going to run with it right now. So I'm one of the few, uh, perhaps, that I don't think that this is really a big deal. If you're playing Bill Belichick and you had to share the same practice venue, that'd be a huge deal. Uh, just watch out for cameras, but you're not. So it's not a big deal to me, in my opinion. I don't know. Maybe I'm in the minority on this one. No, I'm, I'm, I agree with you, John. Like, uh, it's adversity, and you find a way to get over it. Uh, and, and so, like, how cool will the story be? Yeah, man, they didn't even give us a practice field. We still whipped the mm -hmm. Chiefs' tail, right? And so, look, it is what it is. I, I like the fact that Kyle Shanahan kind of put out that statement and said it is what it is because that's what it is. Like, there's, there's options to deal with it. And it's unfortunate that the 49ers have to go through those options when it's just it's just another distraction. Uh, but I'd rather this be the distraction than a player going out, getting drunk, getting whatever, being away from the – I'd rather this be the distraction and it be focused or shifted uh, on the NFL. But at the end of the day, the 49ers are who they are. I'm sure that they'll be ill-prepared for this game, and they're not going to let what happened in Super Bowl 54 happen in Super Bowl 58. I'm going to put that out there right now. Same thing won't happen. And so the Niners will be well-prepared for this game. Yeah, and like you said, it's unfortunate for the 49ers, yes, but it is what it is. Mm -hmm. It's inexcusable for the NFL, like, also, yes. And, it, it, yeah, their handling of this has been, like, pretty... It's terrible. It's pretty terrible. Like, you're a multi-billion dollar, you know, business. You know, you can't even get fields right. <laughs> that seems like a big part of your business. Right. It, it, it should be. But, yeah, I'm glad that... Kyle Shanahan basically made it a nothing burger. You don't want it to be a distraction. It the, the players shouldn't have to think about it. They shouldn't have to get questions about it, all of these things. So I'm glad Kyle shut it down, even if internally, even if inside he was like, you know, I am a little nervous about it. You know, as long as he doesn't show that to his players or anything, I like that because I think it's good. Um, speaking of Kyle, we, you know, we usually talk about uptight, Kyle could be impressors and you know how conservative he can be at times in games. We got tipsy Kyle on Monday and yes, he definitely did. seems to be having fun, you know, taking it all in. I know some people took issue to that. Like how, how dare the leader of this, you know, team be, be drunk. Um, I, I, I don't have a problem with it. I actually, I like him showing this side of him just because he's usually the opposite. And I do feel like 
I don't know. Maybe it, it could mean we see a more loose Kyle on Sunday for, for game day, right? Don't give me loose Kyle. Give me focus Kyle. Give me angry Kyle. And if he has to, if he has to drop a few brewskis back before the game, give me that Kyle too. Look, tipsy Kyle, saucy Kyle, whatever Kyle you want to call him. Hi Kyle, it doesn't matter. I, he answered those questions like a mother freaking champ. Like I, I like if it, it, get, Kyle can get through the breathalyzer test perfectly. Like I like you knew he was tipsy. But you couldn't tell through his messages now, the way he sounded, it was a little slurred up. He used a lot of Zs instead of Ss and words that had Ss with no Zs, but I didn't really care. But I thought when they asked him questions, he was just he was just hammering them questions like it was nothing. Uh, you get the question about Brock, knowing that Brock was the guy, like, from day one. It, like, that was so cool, right? Um, because... We saw a lot of different quarterbacks come through this system, and Kyle was trying his hardest to get him to work. That's why I keep saying that this Super Bowl is going to be different because when have we had our head coach talk about his quarterback being the guy? When did he ever mention any other quarterback like just being that guy? And so, like, he's confident. And when Kyle is confident, that means the trust level is on 100. That wasn't alcohol talking. That was Kyle Shanahan being as honest as he can be. For the first time, I thought we got honest Kyle. So, yeah, I was cool with it. Um, I'm hoping Kyle comes to the game just guns blazing. And don't look back. Pedal to the metal. Twisted metal. Whatever it is he needs to do to get through this game. Uh, Because we know what fourth quarter Kyle is like, and I guarantee you the Niners will be looking pretty good for three quarters. It's that fourth quarter. Can Kyle get over that hump? And we'll find out. I don't know. He'll have to go into halftime, drop a few, you know, Michelob lights or something like that and keep it moving. I love it, man. Kyle's definitely a Michelob guy. Um, <laughs> take that for whatever you will. I, I don't mind it at all. And I think it's it shows the team, like, look, this stuff's not serious. Like, it's not. You see the type of questions that have been coming out. I mean, a lot of it's just a joke. The NFL is going to do everything they can just to keep the eyes on them for this entire week, and I get it. Um, As long as, you know, they're not talking about the field or, you know, whatever else. But, like, no, there's no issue with this uh, at all. One, he's not a player. And, two, it shows this part's not serious. It's Mm -hmm. just really, really not. Uh, And credit to all the people that are out there working, trying to make it serious and trying to get good quality interviews out there. But that's like half the people. The other half are out there just as a joke and, you know, doing whatever. And it's frustrating. But I think Kyle kind of showed everybody this stuff is not serious. It doesn't matter. It really, really doesn't. So to take that pressure off the players, because what was everybody talking about? They're talking about Kyle. They're not talking about the players' answers or whatever or any of that stuff. And so you pull that focus on you as a leader, whether that was intentional or not. I don't know. I don't know what he had in that coffee cup, but uh, I know it wasn't (laughs) coffee. Yeah, when he had his own cup and then he started slurring his words like, Kyle. I've been there. What's in that cup, Kyle? (laughs) That's a a bad move. Yeah, he, he knew what he was doing. I, I do love Kyle being loose, though. Um, and, you know, by loose, I don't mean drunk. But I, I think just him not being, you know, tight and, and little guarded, I, I think that does trickle down to the players. And and Chase Sr. of 49ers Report, you know, he posted a video awesome. to Twitter last night. Oh, I love his, his content as well. He's been out there in the trenches in Vegas interviewing players. And he put out a video to specifically talk about like how loose and relaxed the 49ers seem. And he also says every player that he's spoken with has been a pleasure to speak to. I know some people in the chat as well, like Kinlaw uh, was awesome, like everyone. 
So someone else who has been covering the Super Bowl week out in Vegas, you know, DM'd me and they were like, you know, the 49ers players seem a lot more down to earth. And mind you, like he doesn't normally cover the 49ers. So that's just the first impression of this team. And Brock Purdy, the leader of the offense, the new face of this team, being as young as he is, I think it makes it even more impressive. And and this is his first time in a game as big as this. He is so like he's the perfect example for for anyone, you know, as far as like having having to deal with the media, how to do it and all that. Um, but we've we've seen how great of a person he is already as 49er fans. I'm glad that everyone else is now getting to see it, too. And I hope people realize how absolutely dumb it has been to hate on this kid. Cause he like he's just how, how can you, you hear him talk you see him it's like how can he he's doing SpongeBob impersonations like come on um, so I feel like a lot of comfort in knowing that every player seems to be relaxed going into this week and and really taking it all in. I, I think I think a lot of it has to do just with you know you got this all shucks mentality. You know, obviously the draft pick, all that stuff. And, you know, they start the whole presentation off with Patrick Mahomes and Brock Purdy on stage. Talk about two diametrically opposed personalities, storylines to get to the NFL, you know, talent structure. I mean, just everything is just completely different. And I think that's come across in the way these two teams play and the way they handle their business. One of them is just chief paramount on a quarterback, just doing everything that he possibly can just to create on his own. And then you've got a complete team on the other side, and that's the 49ers. And Brock understands that, and Brock operates within that. And whenever he needs to, he can make plays with his feet. So it's going to be fun, and I love the way it's setting up. Like I, I wasn't sure how this week was going to go, but I, I, not that you read too much into it, but I'm sorry, like whatever confidence you had with the 49ers, it's got to be more so now after hearing the players and the coaches and just seeing how everything's kind of transpired so far. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, well, I wanted to tie into that as well. You know, Brock's storyline to the national media is kind of boring. It was cool when he was Mr. Irrelevant. And then they thought that they can turn that into something special. But now that he's relevant, like now that Brock is making Mystery Relevant go all the way away, I feel like the national media can't talk about him being Mr. Irrelevant anymore. And so, like, I think now it's Brock is the the Christian, that type of guy that's kind of clean and doesn't do anything. He's not a bad boy. And you know what bad boys, they they, they boost the ratings. And Brock is more like the good guy. You know, you play that little thing, you got the you got the got the bad guy on one shoulder. It's kind of like what you're getting, like, in this Super Bowl. And so, uh, you know, when I look at Brock Purdy, I just want him to continue being him. Uh, if he's out here watching this show, I do know on the football field you get a lot of bad boy Brocks. And so, like, that, that's mm-hmm. cool for me. Like, because when you're out on the football field, it's probably a bunch of middle fingers, a bunch of, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Right. A bunch of those words. And that's cool. He's keeping it on the field. And then when you when he gets in front of the camera, he really knows how to, you know, like he, like be himself. And, and that's what it comes down to him continuing to be who he is. And as long as Brock stays on that trajectory, no matter what he goes through, no matter what adversity he faces, he's going to do very well in this not in the National Football League. And, and just to go from being the last pick of the draft into the Super Bowl is the only story that we need to be pushing and celebrating as 49er media content creators. Yeah, a- absolutely. I mean, it's a it's a great story for Brock. And I actually feel like the 
the good boy thing is great for the NFL. Like, I actually think they like that. I think, like, Patrick Mahomes, when, you know, in 2019, when he was in his first Super Bowl, like, the narrative around him was, like, he's the next best thing, right? Well, I kind of feel like Brock Purdy in his own right is kind of the next big thing now, right? Like, and so I think just seeing that they have this opportunity in front of them and and just seeing how they're they're taking it all in stride this week. Um, it's been, been really awesome. Like you said, John, like I, I think I have more confidence in this team just based on how this week has gone so far. But we got a question from Gammon Brown. He says, what's your favorite adult beverage of choice? I will uh, say my favorite cocktail is an old fashioned. Um, and sometimes, you know, I, I get the ones that aren't very good. They put, you know, the pieces of ice in it. You got to get the ones with the big, the big ice and the mm-hmm. ice better be clear. And, you know, it's, it just hits different that way. But what about you guys? <laughs> she said the ice better be clear. If the ice is cloudy, don't drink the drink. Uh, but no, um, old fashions are definitely my go-to, especially when I'm at weddings. It's the perfect drink to kind of get you like nice. Like, you know what I mean? But I'm a straight yeah. guy, man. Give me some McCullen with the big ice. Like I, I like mine on the rocks as well. Uh, and, and that's kind of like where I am, man. You give me some McCullen and I'm pretty good to go. Uh, I don't know how much I'm going to last, but you give me one or two of those, you're going to get, uh, Breezy Kyle at every. I'm surprised event. you didn't go with the Hurricane, man. I thought that was your jam. I've never, ever, ever. <laughs> okay, sorry. Stay away. That. Sorry about <laughs> that. Uh, mine's uh, Tequila Reposado on the rocks. That's my jam. Uh, it's my go-to. That's my go-to. You know, the clear drinks are different because you could just tell anyone this water. It's like it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well be Kyle on it's press not, day walking around. They don't even know. It's all good. Just saying. It's it's ice water. That's it. <laughs> Tito's, Tito's is good, but it gives me headaches mm-hmm. for some reason. Like yeah, something man. about Tito's that gives me headaches. Good vodka, but it just gives me headaches. It's probably because you think you're drinking water. You know, you see it, you're like, I'm good, but you gotta you gotta have those those water breaks in between, you yeah. know, every, every bevy. So yeah. Just a little little tip there. Ishmael says, uh, finally caught you three live as we approach the finish line here. Just want to thank all three of you guys for the amazing work you guys do year in and year out, off season and on season. Appreciate you. you so much. Yeah, man, it's man, it's coming to the, the finish line here, man. I'm going to miss this. I'm going to miss this season. I, I really do hope it, it finishes, you know, happy. Uh, because this has been an awesome and very memorable year, I think for for all of us fans and even like content creators, it's been it's been awesome. But you know, Brock Purdy, he's gonna have a lot on his plate this week. Um, I've enjoyed hearing that he's seeking out advice from guys that have been in this moment before, right? And and lucky for him, he has a couple of former 49ers quarterbacks for you know, that he can turn to Joe Montana, Steve Young. And, you know, he always has those guys in his back pocket. Like they're, they're around the team often enough that he, he always has that. So um, he was asked, what was the advice that he got from those guys? And this is what he had to say. Yeah. Um, just briefly talking to like Joe, it's, it's been just pretty simple just in terms of, you know, you got a good team around you just obviously uh, go through your reads and what Kyle is calling and trust in Kyle. Um, you don't need to be this superstar or anything like you can go out and just do your job, do it well. And you got a good team around you and you guys can win that way. Um, and, and then with Steve, um, you know, Steve is, we just talked about just like our mindsets, um, you know, in the NFL, 
um, you know, with all the stuff going around on the outside, um, being able to, you know, sink back into what you believe and, and understand who you are and what your purpose is. And, and then, um, and then he spoke to the, to the team, obviously about, you know, when you have an opportunity like this, you got to take it, you know, you can't let it slide. There's a lot of players in the NFL that don't get opportunities to go to the Super Bowl and win it. So, um, he was like, you know, you got to do what you can as a team when you have this op to, to take it. So. And another thing that, you know, Steve Young, I think he was on the Larry Kruger show and he said, mm-hmm. Super Bowls are not won. They're taken from bloody hands. If he said that exact same quote to Brock, like I, I hope he did. And it kind of sounded like they were similar because Brock's like, you got to take these moments and all things like that. That's an awesome quote. And I think that's so true. When you think of some of the best Super Bowl performances that we've seen, it's an elite player. It's an elite quarterback doing just that. Like Tom Brady taking the Super Bowl from the Falcons after being down, you know, 328. And I hate to say it, but it happened to the 49ers in 2019. Like Mahomes took that Super Bowl from the 49ers' bloody hands when he was down 10 points. Brock Purdy can take a divisional round. He can take an NFC championship game. The last question that remains here is, is Brock Purdy the kind of guy that can take a Super Bowl if he needed to? Yeah, I mean, I, that's that's to be seen, right? But we've seen Brock Purdy have to take big games. And I, and I think the fact that he couldn't find a way to take regular season games and then found a way to take playoff games only leads me to believe that if he had to find a way to take the Super Bowl, he can do just that. And listen, you know, I know we've been going through this like emotional roller coaster with quarterbacks in San Francisco. And yep, we were high on Trey Lance. We were high on Jimmy Garoppolo at one point, but they're gone. And and, and we were left with Brock and we have Sam Darnold to back him up. And I can't help but be high on a kid that has something called the it factor. And no one believed that Patrick Mahomes would go out there and be able to take games. I mean, hell, he didn't even get drafted top in the draft, right? He went late. And so when you look at that, like, his opportunity didn't come until Andy Reid felt like he was he was ready. And even that, it was going to be a gamble. And even the same thing is happening for Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy got thrown into the fire. And every game, he found a way to be molded into something that was going to be great. Now, did he struggle in some games? Absolutely. It's the NFL. Great defensive coordinators are going to put out great defensive plans, and they're going to try to take away the quarterback. You do it in every game. But Brock still finds a way to triumphant that, right? He finds a way to be triumphant over those type of situations. So when I look at Brock Purdy, he just has this, this, this gift to where none of this stuff None of the pressures, none of the grit, none of it matters to him. So when Steve Young says, you know, games are taken, th- let's just keep, th- this might not even have to be a situation to where the game has to be taken. Let's just keep it a buck. Because if it starts at the top with Kyle Shanahan, he's going to come in there and look to be the bully again. And I think this is the game that he's been saving up to do so. I'm talking about running the ball. I'm talking about being dominant offensively. I'm talking about finding ways to do so. But God forbid this game came down to a situation where Brock Purdy has to take the game. We've seen it against Green Bay. We've seen it against Detroit. And those are two teams that defeated the team that we're playing in the Super Bowl. And I know none of that matters, 
But I just know that Brock has that, okay, I can take this game. Just give me an opportunity. And so I think Brock is going to be good to go. He wins this Super Bowl. I said it earlier. He'll be in the conversation. Well, not the conversation. He'll be the next quarterback of the 49ers to have a Super Bowl championship. And the only other two are the ones that gave him advice. So just let that sink in for a second. You know, I thought I thought it was really awesome. The, just the way the different approaches between Montana and Young, right? Montana trusted Kyle. Uh, what did Montana do? He had Bill Walsh, you know? <laughs> and so, like, that just fits. It just fits, right? Like, you've got elite-level offensive coaching and Bill Walsh. That worked for Joe Montana. Now, how do you relate that to Purdy? You say, look, man, trusted Kyle. Trusted that dude. He, he's going to put you in a position to succeed. Then you look at Steve Young. Talked about what's your purpose, faith. Everybody knows that's huge for Young. That's huge for Purdy. And you don't know when this opportunity is going to present itself. But whenever you look at Brock Purdy, he's played in five playoff games. He's won all four that he completed. He's only lost once. And that was whenever he was knocked out the very first series. So you've got to go in. This, the 2019 Super Bowl was huge. I was there. And... You know, it went the way that it did. These are two vastly different teams, both the Chiefs and the 49ers. And the biggest discrepancy is Patrick Mahomes versus Jimmy Garoppolo to Patrick Mahomes versus Brock Purdy. CMC wasn't a part of that one. And, you know, Trent Williams wasn't a part of that one. Those are huge. But I'm sorry. The difference is number 13 for the 49ers. That's going to be must-see TV. And that's one of the things I'm excited about. I, I just cannot see Brock laying a dud in the spotlight in this moment. It's not who he is. It's not who he is. And that's what I don't understand, right? Because everyone is like, I can't bet against Patrick Mahomes because he's done this and he's done that. And, you know, he hasn't like, they've, they haven't been the best team in, in some of the matchups they face. Personally, I, I was, I thought the Bills would win. I thought the Ravens would win, you know, on the AFC side. In in both of those games, the Chiefs were going up against those two teams. And so, yeah, there there's that factor of Patrick Mahomes, these, this Chiefs team is not going to be denied. But you look at the other side, too. Brock Purdy has won all of the playoff games that he's started and finished. Is that not good enough either? I mean, I know this is different because this is a Super Bowl. And again, we don't really know how this is going to play out for Brock. Like you said, I don't I don't think we, we see Brock lay down because from what we've seen, that's just not him. That's that's not him. So I think I, I don't know. I would like a hot start and not just a hot start, but keep it. You know, keep it. And there is going to be an effort from the Chiefs and there is going to be an effort for Patrick Mahomes to pry it out of your hands. He's going to try to take it because that's the kind of guy he is, too. You, you got to keep it, too. And that's why I feel so confident in this 49ers team because they finally have a quarterback who has that, like, ice in his veins, Gene. Like, I'm I'm going to take this. So I'm so pumped uh, for this game. But let's get into the game now, right? If I ask you guys what your offensive key to the game is for the 49ers against this Chiefs defense, I think we would all say, run the football like do either of you have anything different than that i mean i would say run the football right okay. it's always run the football so yeah, it's I, always I, it's, it's it, always it could put football. eight it could put nine <laughs> in the box i think exactly. the creativity from kyle shanahan is where it comes into play and the trust 
that he has in his quarterbacks to make the play. So you're going to be playing another team where at the line of scrimmage, they have a couple of guys who like to get their hands up. So when you see eight in the box, you know, and you're going to want to throw it a quick screen. I don't think their DBs are going to be the ones that are going to make the plays like in the Ravens game. Uh, but, you know, you got to get that ball away from Chris Jones' wingspan, right? Uh, and and so, listen, I take Debo and a Brock screen with eight in the box any day, uh, and, and that will open up the run game. Like, it's just going to open it up. And so you got to find a way to run the ball in this game and stick with it. Like, I don't care yeah. if you go one yard, two yards, there's going to be a breakaway play. The Chiefs aren't the best run-stopping defense, okay? They're just not. So you can run on this defense. Get these linebackers and these linemen. Here, here, here's how you run, though. Just, just outside. Just run outside. Run outside. Get them all the way going across the field, left and right, left and right, left and right. By the time the fourth quarter come, it's a different Chiefs defense, like John said. They don't have the same makeup as they had in 2019 where they were able to have a little bit of surge uh, uh, on their defense to make some plays to where they forced the Niners to kind of like throw the ball a little bit more. I just think if Kyle sticks to that run game plan, goes east to west or left to right or however you want to say it, I think the 49ers will be large and in charge. Yeah, and Chiefs defense, 32nd out of 32 teams in EPA against the rush. Uh, I mean – it could be had. You could run the ball. And they're the worst spot, Wayne Breezy nailed it. Outside the left end, the offensive left side. They are the worst in the NFL at defending at that gap. So, man, you attack. Jet sweeps. Outside toss. Crack toss. That's the changeup. Outside zone. All those things are available. And you will dictate this game based on running the ball effectively. Play action boot off of that. Misdirection. All those different things. It's going to be readily available. Now, Spagnola, he's great. He blitzes more on first down than any other DC in the NFL. It's at about Thanks. 48%. Like, so it doesn't matter. Like, there is no with Steve Spagnolia. Well, let's just try to keep him behind the chains. He doesn't buy that. He, that's not who he is. He will gamble on the very first play of the damn game. How do you mitigate that? You run the ball. And then you got Brock Purdy. Guess what? Best quarterback in the NFL versus the blitz. Number one. So, yeah. Run the game, you know, run run the game. That's huge. And then you take your shots and you catch them gambling. They're in Vegas. Guess what? The house always wins. Kyle Shanahan got to gotta tax them. Whenever they blitz, you got to make them pay. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, the 49ers should look to run the football. I mean, we saw how it worked out for the Ravens when they abandoned it in that game. It played into the Chiefs' hands entirely. And the Chiefs should expect the 49ers to want to run the football, as most teams do, right? Uh, but I would expect that plan A of the Chiefs' defensive game plan is going to be stop the 49ers from running the football and try to force Brock Purdy to throw. Like, I, I do think the 49ers are going to have success running the football, um, but I can see in other moments, like, it, it's going to be a push and pull, right? Like, this is a chess match. There's going to be moments where maybe it won't work and then, you know, before Kyle can make adjustments to make it work again, you know, Brock's going to have to make some throws and he's going to have to make some plays on his own. The problem with that is, and, and you guys kind of touched on it, Steve Spagnolo. I mean, this defense is, is so good and he has some, I guess, very disciplined and just the things that he does with them. It challenges quarterbacks, right? Chris Jones headlines at defensive line. Of course, Ladarius Sneed, their premier corner. 
I would imagine he shadows Brandon Ayuk in this game as far as McDuffie and Juwan Jennings. You know, again, like Gaiman says here, that could be a matchup we see too. Um, but how might this Chiefs defense give Brock Purdy and this offense problems in this game? I'm talking about the past game, like specifically, because we talked about, you, you guys talked a little bit about the blitzing. Um, and I saw something that out of, like if they're seeing that the offense is running like condensed formations, they like to blitz and attack that, you know, and not only will they blitz with one of their corners, sometimes they send both of them um, and probably do some like, you know, zone on the back end for whatever uh, defenders are are left <laughs> to defend the back end. But how are they going to try to attack this team? I imagine that's kind of part of it, you know, sending corners to blitz. How could like the 49ers kind of, you know, circumvent that a little bit? Yeah, the 49ers are going to have to figure out a way just to be more the the, the more aggressive uh, team when it comes to that. Like Kyle Shanahan's going to have to build in aggressive style play calling to negate their aggressive style defensive calling. Because I guarantee you, they're going they're going to take the pages out of the Ravens playbook, right? Because if you look at the couple of teams that gave Brock the most trouble. It would be that Ravens defense and the Cleveland Browns defense. Now, the Chiefs defense is built a little different, but I do like their back end. I really do think they have the best secondary out of the two teams, uh, and we're talking from safeties to cornerbacks. I think their sec their secondary is really good, and 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 when you look at, you know, you're not talking much about Trent McDuffie, but he's the wild card to me because guess who he is? He's their Diamador Lenore. All right, so he's the outside guy. He can line up at nickel. He's going to look to to take big time plays out of the way. But when I said be aggressive, get the goddamn ball to these to these guys. Like the Niners are the most aggressive offense when they need to be. I'll take Debo, I'll take Jawan Jennings, and I'll take Brandon Ayuk any day over any secondary. Brock just has to figure out how to not allow the defense to to frustrate him. Because that's what they're going to look to do. They're not probably going to disguise anything. They're probably not going to give anything up. They're probably going to come out in one look, be disciplined. Next thing you know, oh, here comes the blitz. Oh, here comes this. Here comes that. So Brock just has to be on his P's and Q's the same way he's been all season. Again, Brock, take what the defense is giving you. Oh, that's it. And find a way to get the ball to your playmakers. If this isn't a yak game, this needs to be a yak game. This needs to be, I'm gonna get the ball to my aggressive play call, my my aggressive player, and allow him to do what he does. It's not about getting the ball down the field. That will happen. That opens up after you take advantage of the aggression. So I think that's where it comes to. If the 49ers offense can find a way to trump their aggression, they're gonna be just fine. Yeah, I, I think. You got to find 22 McDuffie, one of the best blitzing DBs in the NFL. You you played number six, uh, Mel Fonwu, last week or, you know, two weeks ago. He was he's one of those guys as well. And you were able to handle that, mitigate that pretty well. My favorite thing is this. When they bring pressure from the outside, Brock Purdy's go to route versus a DB blitz is the out route to Brandon Ayuk or to George Kittle. That's what I want to see. The quick out five, 10 yards out route versus the blitz because when he sees the blitz he knows i've got man coverage on the outside and so i want to see him hit those quick um he'll throw them blind and once he recognizes the blitz is coming he'll throw it blind and i do not mind that trust your guys i think that's going to be key and so you know it and another thing too like 
you played against the Packers, you played against, you know, the Lions. Those are explosive offenses. The Chiefs mm-hmm. aren't that. And so your game plan this week is different. The, the Chiefs haven't put up over 30 points since November, mid-November. Like they're they scored zero points in the second half of the AFC championship game. And I know Patrick Mahomes great. And you talk about Kelsey. This is not going to be a shootout game. Punts are not a bad thing. This game, they're not. Some games you go in and you're like, look, we got to score 30 points. And versus the Lions, that was the case. That's not what this is going to be. First one to 27, you win this game. So punts are not a bad thing. You get 10 possessions a game, understand turnovers are crucial, protect the ball. Punts are okay. Three and outs, not. But a punt is not a bad play in this game. That's my so like just protect the ball, move the move the ball. You know, another thing, the Chiefs don't give up explosive pass plays. They're second fewest explosive pass plays in the NFL. And that's why, John, I stated Brock, take what the defense is giving you. Those explosive plays down the field will come. Once the defense is trying to guess what and that's why you got to run the ball and you got to take what the defense is giving you. I know a lot of people don't want to see dink and dunk, but hey, the Chiefs are going to try to dink and dunk. They're going to dink yeah. and dunk all yeah. daggone game. Yeah, that's, <laughs> and not that's one good. Chiefs fan will complain about it. <laughs> right. I think for the Niners, it's important they don't panic. Yeah, you're playing against the the big bad Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes on the other side. But like you guys have talked about, I mean, this is a different Chiefs offense. It's not like that high firing powered offense from before. Uh, they're really relying on their defense to win them their games. And so that's why on offense, you got to take anything you can get. I, you know, for me, I was upset. The Ravens went down like they did because a lot of what they did wrong is exactly what you can't do (laughs) against this chiefs team. Like, and I said it like abandoning the run was one of them. I mean, they, that's what they had done all season. Like, why they, go away from that, right? They did the same thing, Steph, the 49ers did in the Ravens game. Yeah, they were the they Niners. Just, and that's so the, the Niners can't replicate that. Whatever the Ravens did in the AFC championship game, I hope it was a cautionary tale for them. I hope they saw it and was like, man, they just stopped doing what worked for them. What has worked for them all season against a team, a defense that struggled uh, against the run more so than the pass, you know? Uh, and and also the the other thing too, take what the defense gives you. Lamar Jackson kept going for the big play. He kept going for the big play, and they were not chipping away. You need to one have drives. You know, if you chip away and you know a few yards at a time, and you're converting, that's a good drive. That's a good drive. And if you can get points at the end of it, that's the goal, right? But you got to get in that range first. So the 49ers have to take with the deep I know Brock Purdy has no problem taking what the defense gives him and I think that's that's a strength of his right so and go ahead fa- and 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 here's the here's the difference when you look at the two teams and I and I know if they're Raven fans watching they'll say they, they whipped our tail for one you beat us by 14 points but if that's a whipping okay fine you can have it but you're not here here's what I was going to say the difference is this when you don't have to rely on your quarterback to be the best running back on your team, that's the difference. See, the Niners have the best running back on their team, and they have a quarterback that's willing to run. Mm-hmm. It's not like the quarterback has to go out there and be the running back 
and be the quarterback. And that is what the Chiefs did to the Baltimore Ravens, and they forced Lamar Jackson to throw the ball. Now, I don't know why they couldn't give the ball to their running backs when they were running fine, but they abandoned it, like you said. Kyle Shanahan, we've seen this too, and that's the only concern, I'm going to be honest, that I have. Because if we're trailing by four points going into the second half, we better come back out running the goddamn ball. It doesn't have to be a throw fest. It just needs to be a run fest and get back into rhythm and get back into finding a way to take over that game. And it starts with the run. It could be Christian. It can be Debo. It can, hell, put Juwan Jennings back in the damn backfield. Hell, on that one play he did, if the motherfucker just, if Jake Brindle made the block, we would have been fine. I watched the tape. I didn't watch the tape during the game. Sorry. You know, I want to say this. Maybe the NFC Championship was exactly what Kyle needed. You mm. you go in down 17 points at the half, and Kyle came out and just ran the ball. Yeah. And, like, I get the narratives, and we've all heard them. <laughs> Whenever it's close or he's behind, he doesn't run the ball. And if yeah. I'm Kyle Shanahan this week, I'm sorry. I'm coming in. What is our mascot? What is our city? Where did our state get their freaking statehood from? Digging for damn gold. I'm bringing a pickaxe. I put it right in the damn middle of the locker room. And I'm saying we're chipping the hell away. That's what we're going to do this game. And we're just going to keep striking. And that's the run game. And I don't give a damn if we're down. I don't care if Patrick Mahomes throws an 80 damn yard touchdown. We're sticking with the run game. Period. Because they are a shell defense that blitzes underneath. And when we're not running the ball, we're checking the ball down. Allow your playmakers to go be who they are. Run the ball. I want CMC to get 33 touches. That's what I'm doing. Specific. Yeah, that, that <laughs> that's calculated. That, that's a scientific calculator came up with that one. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, there's, there's three guys that I want to have the ball in their hands when the chips are down. Brock Purdy. Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel. Those are the three guys that will will you to victory if you need it at any given moment. Those are the three guys I trust the most on this team. You know and what's think- crazy? If George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk were on the Chiefs team, they would be their number one and number two targets. I agree. We didn't even mention them as our top three, right? But I, I, I like the fact that she didn't mention them because of what they also add to those other three guys that she did mention, they add to those elements. So when you got Brandon Ayuk down the field blocking, you got George Kittle down the field blocking or blocking in your run game, it's enabling those three guys. So those three guys that she mentioned play with a different chip, a different attitude. Like, and, And this is Debo Samuel's second Super Bowl. And I promise you, he was feeling some type of way after 29. He probably pulled Kyle to the side and said, if you do that, if you do that one more time, man, like I'm not resigning here. I bet, I bet, I bet you that was the holdup in their contract negotiations. I guarantee you it wasn't just the money. Like, you gotta utilize this kid. Debo Samuel, uh, he he's just a he 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 plays with a different attitude. And the and the people and out of the people that you just mentioned, Steph, and you go and watch this opening night and the second the second day in Vegas. I'm sorry, their questions were all standing on business. They had they didn't care about nothing else. Somebody asked Debo Samuel about him and a couple of the other players being dynamic. And you know what he said? Oh, you mean to say this player and this player and this player too? You you forgot to tell you forgot to come. Come on, man. It's always like, personal. 
come on, man. Come on. You can't tell me that they not going out there. And I know that they're the favorites, but why do the Niners feel like they're still the underdogs? And it's because of Patrick Mahomes. I guarantee you they're going to go out there playing with chips on their shoulders. Oh, oh yeah. And and they need it. I love it. I, I feel like the 49ers have needed to feel like their backs are against the wall. In a way, they created that situation for themselves, uh, you know, in both playoff games. I would not want to see that happen again in the Super Bowl, but I think there's enough carried over from those games and enough carried over from even the 2019 loss that some of the guys can take into them now and be like, no one expects us to beat Patrick Mahomes just because he's Patrick Mahomes. Uh, So, yeah, man, uh, I, I think the fact that Debo was the guy they put they gave the football to coming out of halftime. And then immediately, like, you know, they were moving down the field. Three straight touches. Man, that's that's what we want to see. And to me, like, that showed growth from Kyle Shanahan. Like big time. You know, it it, it showed growth that even being down, um, they could make it work. James Welsh says, run, you have the best running back in the game and the best ground weapon in Debo against a weak zone run defense. Control the clock. Keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. Man, yeah. Well, we have plenty more to talk about this game, you know, in the next couple of days here. I know uh, we'll we'll all be in Vegas come Friday. Uh, but, man, there, there's a lot more to talk about in this game. But we're going to save it for Thursday. Here's one thing before we leave. One thing that I want to talk about. TickPick projects 60% 49er fans and 40% Chiefs fans for the big game. And yeah, you got to believe it because believe for it. that media night, it was real <laughs> loud for the 49ers. It was real loud. Um, and I think that's awesome because I think the 49ers really do feed off of that energy. I think there's there's certain teams that you know do kind of need that extra boost. And I think 49ers are, you know, they could use that boost. So it's great that the 49ers are going to be in the house. Now, John, I know you got some events lined up for the weekend, so let us know what you got going on. Yeah, if you're coming out to Vegas, we got you. Um, the day before, we're going to be at Chickie and Pete's at the Sahara, but not alone. The legends, Frank Gore and Navarro Bowman, are going to be with us. That's 2 to 8 p.m. out at Chickie and Pete's. It's going to be an absolute blast. That's a great brand-new venue. Meet and greet, autographs, all that stuff. Head to 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. And then our watch party. I, I got to tell everybody, we only got like seven tables left, so it's almost completely sold out. Ooh. Uh, we're going to be in the link promenade. It's going to be absolutely incredible. Niners party only. There might be a couple fans from other ones, but we're going to have 450 Niners fans together watching the game. Mm. Uh, the 49ers asked if they could send out a film crew. It's going to be incredible. Nice. So if you That's want awesome. tickets, do not wait. Um, do not wait. Head to 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. Get those tickets. It's going to be all you can drink, all you can eat. I mean, it's completely covered. It's going to be incredible, guys. It's going to be a great time. You guys know John puts the the best 49ers parties, tailgates, all of it. Thank you. Together. Thank so you. make sure, sure you guys check out 49ers Rush Roadtrip.com. If you're trying to party with some other 49er fans out on the strip, that is the place to be. But man, keep it locked with all of us, you know, because we're gonna be out there. We're gonna be sharing, you know, videos, photos of everything going down in Vegas. Once we get out there, we're gonna have a great time. Appreciate the two of you. It's been an awesome season, regardless of the outcome. You know, we'll we'll be here next week to just break down the game and all that. 
but after that, uh, you know, the season's over. So it's almost it's almost close here. But I appreciate both of you guys and appreciate. Thanks for putting this together, in. Steph. This was all your thing, yes, you know. It was. And so it, it was it was it's an honor just to be a part of this and to work with great people all the time. And, you know, the, the chat's always incredible. But thank you, Steph, for, uh, you know, reaching out and making this a thing. Appreciate yep. you guys. We appreciate, appreciate you, guys. you for sure. All right, y'all. Well, make sure you like this video if you haven't yet. Make sure you subscribe to the channel if you haven't yet. Not just mine, but John and Wayne's as well. Uh, but for now, have a great West, West, rest of your Wednesday, folks. Peace. You said it right. <laughs>